So my guest today, Carrie Parker, is an amazing little dynamo. You know how they say big things come in small packages? Well, she is one little cutie with over two decades of experience in the beauty space. I'm just amazed how she consistently redefines the role of industry expert by breaking through the whole arena of storytelling and media gloss. You know, the first time I ever saw Carrie, she was an on-air storyteller crafting segments for QVC, HSN, NBC, and Fox. But behind the scenes, she tells a compelling shoppable story about product placement, pop-ups, memorable events. She's done some of the coolest social media brand building I've seen recently. You know, it's a nuanced skill that's helped her grow major beauty brands from infancy while helping them grow their sales. So for indie brands like me, she's just been able to turn their brand and take it into something that becomes a household name. You know, her whole approach is really about finding that place that drives passion. You know, she's a Midwestern native, and if you know Midwesterners, never underestimate the power of bringing people together, community, She's really all about getting insider access to creators and founders. She just has this natural ability to put her guests at ease, whether it's in front of the camera, in front of millions of people as a host on QVC, or whether it's really about creating a fun, relaxed environment that captivates her audience in, in smaller events. So I'm excited to really have Carrie just share a little bit about her ability to accelerate brands, about telling a story, but more importantly, telling a little bit about her story. So we'll get started. So tell me a little bit, I mean, how did this journey all begin for you? If you think about, I mean, what motivated you to come to this space? What about you makes you this ultimate storyteller? What do you love about that experience? That is a loaded question. (laughs) Um, But before we even get into that, I want to thank you because this is my first podcast, right? So TV for 15 years, but never done a podcast before. And there's nobody I would rather do it with than you. So I love that I get to be first exclusive. You heard it here. Exclusive (laughs) on Bearskin with Celeste. I love it. So it's funny because I knew from the minute like I could ride my bike to the drugstore that I had to do something in the beauty space. It's all I ever wanted to do. It's it's what I loved. Like I would save up money. I would go buy like little Paul Mitchell travel sizes, like any fancy beauty products I could get my hands on. Um, I had a legit lip gloss dealer was a bus driver who would we would buy like Mary Kay lip gloss from. So there was no chance that I wasn't doing something in beauty. So when I started my career in that, something happened when I opened a nail salon. This was many, many years ago. And NBC approached us and said, will you come on and do this street side San Diego thing? And I had no TV experience. I was thought I was going to throw up the first time <laughs> we did it. But something happened, and it just was easy for me. It was easy for me to be on air. It was easy for me to know what to say. I wasn't nervous, um, and I really enjoyed the experience because I felt like I had a lot to share. Fast forward, I started with a then startup, um, which is not so much a startup now, uh, another local brand called New Face. And we were had just gotten into our first offices and got picked up by QVC. So when it came time to have another on-air guest, They were like, well, you do it. You've done some TV experience. I'm like, what? I've never done something (laughs) like this. There's that's like 20 million people at any given time. So I went out, I went through the training and the same thing happened. It just felt right. So, but it's interesting because, you know, there is such a science to QVC. I mean, there's such a science to, I mean, that's the ultimate in storytelling, right? So like you said, I mean, yeah, you've done this thing, you do this TV segment locally, you go through training, but still, I mean, there are still a lot of people who go through that and aren't able to be as successful as you were. So what was it about that medium 
that translated for you. And, you know, because there's probably a lot of people listening who go, gosh, that'd be my dream to have my product on QVC right. or to have. But isn't it so much who is telling that story and how it's woven? And so how did... For you, how did you transition to that big, huge medium of QVC? So oddly enough, because I was younger at the at that time and the audience was a little bit older, I had to learn real quickly how to connect because 50, 60-year-olds don't really want to see a 30-year-old or a 29-year-old talking about your saggy jowls, right? <laughs> and you, like, come in from California and you're tan and blah, and they're like, yeah, no. They're so like, I'm you don't know the what switch, a saggy right? is. Yeah. So I really had to figure out quickly how to become relatable. And through your QVC training and experience, this same story gets woven through and through, and it's the same with every brand I've ever worked with, is finding the authentic part of your story, right? When I come and work with a new brand, so much of it is stripping away all the things that you've developed over time and remembering why you started what you started. Because it's really, that's where the magic is, is in the original part of your story. So how do you tell that? And how do you connect to the right audience? And these are all different types of audience. The audience of QVC is different than the HSN audience. Your Instagram is a different audience than those people are. So first is identifying who that audience is. And then secondly is figuring out how to tell your real, true, authentic story to that audience. And I'll give you an example that I think is really helpful. So one of the things they do when you go on QVC is you have to go through what's called guest excellence. And it's this whole training protocol, right? And you sit in the room and they have every single person that's doing different things, right? So you have a beauty person, you have a food person, you have whatever. And it's really interesting to see all the different new products they're getting ready to launch. But they have you write out what your product does. They have you write out the features and benefits. And everybody has to give, get up and give their pitch, right? And everybody's a nervous wreck. And you can see everybody getting in so in their heads. Oh, like I would, yeah. Their boilerplate, like what their PR person tell you to do, what this tell you to say, what did my brochure say? And then they give you all the same exercise. And it's a pie, Okay, and they want you to sell this pie. They give you the list of ingredients of the pie and every single one of us has to stand up and try to sell the pie. And you hear people talk about, oh, it has organic flowers. Oh, there's apples from Vermont. Oh, there's this. And it's interesting to see whose story you gravitate towards. Then the host comes out and the host sells the apple pie. And what you quickly realize is they never talk about the ingredients. They don't talk about where the apples are from. It's not about the organic flour. They create a picture of the way the pie smells and the way your kids feel when they open the door when they're coming home from college and the scent of this grandma's house, pie right? comes through. And it's, it's this emotional experience of how you feel the pie is going to fit into your life. That's what matters. It really wasn't the actual ingredients or how you bake the pie. It's what does the pie do for you? What did the pie do for your family? Did you all sit around the table and have an amazing experience and drink coffee? And that was such a learning lesson for me of if we just back up a little bit and stop trying to sell stuff all the time and try to connect a little bit more, it's amazing what happens when people fall in love with you and your brand, not necessarily the products that you're selling. And that, I think, is the most important thing. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is, to me, listening to you, is that has a way to spill over into every aspect of your life, really, right? Because. Yes. Part of what we're talking about today is look at you now, right? Because you also sell your personal brand. It's not just about selling. I mean, for all of us, let's say you have a podcast or you, you know, you have something like beyond the brand, you know, you're not just selling that conversation. You're sort of selling, why do you want to go on this journey with me and see these founders and see these creative things and trust me to be your guide to all of that, right? Well, and beyond the brand, I that it was interesting because I kind of did have to sell myself for the first time because I was approaching these really big designers and fashion and jewelry, people that had no idea who I was, that I had nothing to do with beauty and explain to them why this was important. Now, this was at a time in COVID, right, where 
people were really trying to figure out how do I stay connected to my customer. And so through trial and error of figuring out, okay, these are the things I know that work for QVC. These are the things I see that are working for Instagram. This is what I hear of people wanting to be connected and be inspired. So what if we did this idea where it's kind of like, do you remember the VH1 series? Yeah, of course. Okay. Where it's like you listen to the storytellers yeah. of the band. Like if we could get access into... That a, was, wasn't that called like behind the band or was something? It was like it, kind of like your It name. was yeah. something like that. But, you know to get access to people's houses and lives and what they're doing. Yes, it's like this whole reality show meets business Mm -hmm. because the truth is, is that people want to be connected and know you on a personal level, Mm -hmm. right? So if all of a sudden I'm seeing a fashion designer, but I'm seeing what her studio looks like and nobody's ever seen her studio before, now people are suddenly interested in. Or I'm, you know, let's use you for an example. People want to know, what does your bathroom look like? (laughs) Right? Like, what do you drink in the morning? Do you drink coffee? Do you not drink coffee? Like, if I were to go into your bathroom and put you on the spot and open up your medicine cabinet, what am I going to find and why? 50,000 pieces of skin. Right? (laughs) I know. Well, me too now, but. And one a couple of hair products, (laughs) but that's it. But the point is, is that giving people a backdoor Mm -hmm. or a backstage pass to your life in a way that's real connects them to you. You're doing it with your podcast. You're not just interviewing estheticians. Right. Right? You're interviewing all different types of people because you are a source of wellness and inspiration. Well, and I also think, to your point, you know, it's staying relevant, right? Because it's a two-way street. I think you not only get to promote your brand and you get to do all of that, but for me... I learn so much in every interview, right? I learn so much in the networking and the connecting that helps me be better at what I do. So I think it is a two-way street. You know, that's why I'm always curious, and I love your point of view. You know, when I see founders who are in an ivory tower and kind of isolate themselves from people around them, I wonder how long does the halo shine until it sort of loses its glitter because... You know, you don't stay as relevant if you don't stay engaged with the people and with that are using your products that are, um, and maybe I think if there's a downside at Skin Authorities, maybe I'm too closely engaged mm. and know too intimately. But I think, you know, I'm curious what advice you give to people because you help people build their story, tell their brand, but what does it take to be sustainable? Right. So that's a great question, and I think the playing field has completely changed now. Prior to, actually COVID, quite frankly, and social media, you didn't have access to small little indie brands, right? You only got the big guys. Now with social media and podcasts and all the ways that we're able to connect, you can't be quite as snobby as you were before about your brand because people now know that they can choose other things. Mm -hmm. That's why I started a lot of this is when I was working as a beauty editor, they only wanted us to write about the big brands, the brands that were willing to pay. (laughs) Honestly. And for me, it was like, but what about this cool brand that I just found in Hawaii that like, like there's so much love in this product that she makes and it's, and it's such an incredible product, right? But you never got to have access to those before. Now, because people have a voice and now because people actually listen to what other people have to say, you can find all of these cool brands. So for me, the most important thing is everybody needs to be camera ready. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to understand how to sell themselves because for the first time in a really long time, or at least for me professionally, everybody has a chance to shine. So on that, do you really think that brands, because I mean, this is your expertise, right? And we'll talk about how people can connect with you to help them do this, but you know, what do you think, as I constantly hear the debate, can someone build a brand today totally on their own, meaning, you know, without the help of a QVC or, you know, I know we have a few unicorn brands that kind of just came out of nowhere, but 
But how can you make that presence if you are that small? Let's say where someone listening right now has something that they have in their home that they they put on Etsy. Yep. <laughs> but can they really build a significant brand without that kind of partnership, a QVC, an HSN, a retailer? I think it depends on the brand and the person. On Do I think they can? Yes. But if you don't have the grit... If you don't, if you aren't there every single day giving it a hundred percent, no, I don't believe that, you know, because it takes so much work. And I think there are a handful of people that get lucky. Um, I have to say, I really feel like there are brands that do it for the wrong reasons. And I don't believe that that's sustainable anymore. I think that people jump on some hot topic and they're like, oh yeah, that sounds cool. That's a hot new ingredient. I'm going to make a product mm-hmm. line out of that. Mm-hmm. And I think people have kind of wised up to that. There's a transparency now that there also there wasn't before. And it's like, you can't just do that anymore. People can see through that now. Customers have gotten smarter and smarter and smarter and they know that's full of crap, right? So why the story becomes even more important now is if your story is because you struggled with something and you created something because of that struggle and you're doing this to help other people, yes, I absolutely believe you can do that on your own. If you're creating something because CBD is some, you know, buzzy billion dollar industry. So you're going to throw in some crappy CBD product into something that already exists and expect it to take off. No, I don't. I don't think that that works. Um, And that's why it's important for people to really strip down the hype and take a look at why did you start what you started? If the heart is there, if the authenticity is there, and the product is good, I believe you can do anything. So what do you think are, if you had to give advice to someone who's listening to us today, and you know, you said, okay, here's the two or three, because you shared working hard, you know, being, showing up mm-hmm. um, every day. Yep. What do you think are the keys to success for someone starting? What do you think that person has to have? And then two questions. That... Okay. And then behind that, I firmly believe, before we were recording today, I was telling you how my life has changed, how our professional life has changed here at Skin Authority because we were willing to invest in partnering with great resources to help us be a better organization. Not necessarily meaning changing who we are, the foundation, but making sure that our story does get told in a way that's relevant, that everything from our imagery to our content, you know, and making sure that every touch really resonates the voice of who we are. So the two questions are, what do you think someone has to have in place, you know, to be successful just organically? And then second, you know, because you've been a coach and a guy, I I like the word coach, but because you've coached so many brands to be successful and you've helped them strip down to the essence of who they are, why should people, how do you encourage people to make sure they they aren't afraid to acknowledge they need help? Mm. Oh boy. Well, I think community is very important. So I think one of the key factors is how do you work with other people? How do you become collaborative to get your voice out, right? I think that that is one way that people without a lot of resources, um, without a lot of money, without partnering with the big guys, I think that that's how they can help spread the word is you spend time finding like-minded brands or like-minded audiences and find ways to connect with them, whether that's through Clubhouse or, um, you know, Instagram or Facebook or whatever the case may be. Using other people's platforms all together, I think, is a really good way to help spread the word. And then if there's one word that I come back to over and over again, that is the underlying key to success. It's grit. It's grit. I mean, and that doesn't have anything to do with education, economics, nothing. It is, do you have the hustle and the desire to do whatever it is that it takes to do that? Like whether that's asking for help, whether it's, you know, you've been doing this for how long? 15 years. So 15, 15 years, years yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And you're still hustling. Oh, yeah, every day. You know? <laughs> every minute, every hour, yeah. And it's, 
I mean, I'm sure you don't want to necessarily spend your weekends on Clubhouse, but that's what it takes, right? Maybe you don't, you're not dying to like be on social media all the time, but sometimes that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. You're the first one to show up, you're the last one to leave, and you do whatever it takes. And I think you can kind of right away with my clients, I will know if they're willing to do whatever it takes or not. And if they are, awesome. Like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Right. I know that about you. And if they're not, then I'm not a good fit, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're probably not going to be a good fit either because you only get so lucky in life when there's this many products out. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing, which seems so obvious, but have a good product. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't have a good product, I'm sorry, there's only so far you can get Mm -hmm. because so many people see dollar signs. They see, especially with QVC, well, what can I make that QVC needs? It's like, that's not how it works. That's not where, yeah, yeah. You know, that's not what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for the fact that you happen to make something unbelievable and you need a platform to, to spread that word. Not that like, Hmm, I heard there's a white space here. Let me see what I can just like make up Slide to, in there. to yeah. get on, right? There, People are sick of that. That's so done. I just think that's so done. Well, I think the truth is if I look back to any time we've gone in and there's a hot new category in skincare and we've made something to meet that need where we haven't thought it through all the way to does it tie back to what we do, Um, I mean, we have what we call the product graveyard. We have a lot of products in a bin that we developed, that we tested, and we never brought to market simply because we're like, well, that market's hot. Let's see if we can. But it, it didn't meet the test of who we were. It didn't perform the way our other products did, to your point. And I think you do have to know that you can't just be trendy, right? You have to actually be actually purposeful in the way that you look at all of what you do. I think for some people too, you get so clouded with the day-to-day business that you forget who you are. And and typically my first couple of sessions, it's interesting because they're almost partially psychology say, sessions. They're kind of therapy, right? Yeah. Right, because you start kind of remembering what it is mm-hmm. of why you actually started this in the first place or why you made this product in the first place or why this specific ingredient or technology changed your life for the better and how is it going to change somebody else's life for the better. If you can't answer those questions maybe you're doing the wrong thing, right? right? Um, It's not an afterthought. There's too many brands that make good things for people to just come in and try to make a quick buck. So is this as much fun to do now as it was when you started? It's actually more fun. And what, what makes it that? It's more fun because now underdogs have a chance. You know, before it was just... You had to have the money you ha- or the person or the celebrity or the whatever. And now it's like... If you play your cards right, anybody can be the next star. And that to me is like why I left the magazine life, why I started doing this, why I started working with indie brands, why I started working with certain green beauty brands before it was popular to do green beauty because I love the underdog if they have an amazing product and an amazing person, right? I love, 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 love that. And I I believe in that. Um and I think that in life, and I think one thing that COVID has also taught us is that a lot of the stuff we were doing was so unnecessary, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's so much unnecessariness that we don't have to be a part of anymore. So I like it better now. And I also like it because you don't have to go on QVC. You can go on Instagram live. It's free, right? Right. You don't have to have some big box supporting you and some big retail thing. You just have to have what we call, um, you know, word of mouth and quote, tell a friend worthy. If you're making something that's tell a friend worthy, that's how the word gets out in a very authentic way. And that's how things grow and spread. And it's exciting. Make a good product, believe in it and do whatever it takes. That's, that's what I think. No, I think it's so true. And I guess the question I'd ask as I look at it is, you know, you see everything. You've talked about all these brands. What in beauty excites you right now? Are there trends that you see? Are there things that you see that 
you're excited about? Um, do you feel like, I mean, aside from underdogs, when you look at just things that you think are cool on the market, or you look at, you know, companies that you're really, or categories you're excited about, are there any of those that you? Oh, wow. Let's, let's think about that. I think, I think it's exciting to see things that are actually really working, you know? So if somebody can show me something that there's some sort of immediate, before and after, I find that to be exciting. I think it's exciting that people are starting to really care about their skin from like a health standpoint versus just like how good does your skin look, right? So it's not so much about the makeup and covering things to look perfect. It's more this realization of actually what I'm putting into my body and what I'm doing on a daily basis is affecting me. So I don't know that there's like a product per se as much as it is of a movement Mm -hmm. that I think that people are starting to really pay attention to what they're doing in all terms of their life. Like, is is my life toxic? Is my job toxic? Is Mm -hmm. being behind a computer, like, what are the things I'm doing in my life that are affecting other parts of me, including my skin? Yeah, that's think, exciting to me. And I think when you look at what we've been through in the last year as a society, yep. as, as a community, you know, just to think about being locked down, you and I were talking about it, it sort of makes you take stock of everything in your life. But I think we see the exact same thing, which is people want to know, like, is this going to make me better? Is my life going to be better because of this? Time is something that I might not always have so much of that I don't want to waste it on things that don't work, that aren't for me that don't matter, hence the more makeup-free look. I think people also felt like we can be ourselves a little bit more and be successful, right? It isn't always the clothing we have on in the meeting as evidenced by our Zoom meetings. You know, it's can I be comfortable and also accomplish it? So I think the biggest thing I'd want to know as we, you know, get upon time here is, you know, Already? what is Zoom? Oh my in? gosh, we could talk yeah. for No, no, we need three segments. Oh, but here's what I would so say. So much to say, okay. But I want to come back to you because so many of the people who listen to us are in search of, like, the thing that's happened with COVID is I think a lot of people have decided to pursue their passion, to mm. pursue something that they haven't been able to pursue in the past. And so as people are looking at getting into that new thing, whatever it is, because you're not, in my mind, you're not, you're not limited to beauty because what you've learned through beauty is how to tell your story. What you've learned through QVC from my observation is, and from the brands I know you've helped is, you know, it's really about taking the, the skills you hone there and applying them to everybody who, you know, any, any, person trying to start something out there today so when you look at that what are what are the steps someone should take you know when are the when's the right time for someone like you to get involved in a business so when somebody's trying to start a brand should they get seek the help of you as they're formulating the ideas of the brand um should they come to you when they have when do you like to what what stage do you like to see a concept developed when someone comes to you i think i'm the most helpful when you pretty much have your concept dialed in i think i'm really great at sifting through what's gonna work right so you give you show me 50 products and like my professional superpower is within two minutes I can say this one and this one. Those are going to be your home runs, you know, and and I'm able to do that with pretty good accuracy and total confidence. So I'm helpful in that regard. Um, I think I'm also helpful when it comes to if somebody does want to explore, you know, they have a TV opportunity, they may want to get on QVC or HSN, Mm -hmm. or even, you know, they're getting on the local news or they're doing an Instagram live and they're like, I'm so nervous. I don't, I feel totally insecure and uncomfortable going on air. I need some pointers or some help. So my scope really ranges from like a one time I can help you feel comfortable or help you sift through products all the way. And this is what it usually ends up being is staying on with a brand for six months to a year to help in different sort of capacities. And then when my time is gone, I'm like Mary Poppins. I disappear and um, (laughs) I know, I know when to fold them basically and and when to let you get back to your life, you know? 
But I think it is so interesting when I think about, you know, kind of where we are right now when you talk about, you know, hopping in and helping somebody sort of identify that, how you pick the wins. I want to know how to do that because I would love to have that superpower. That's an amazing superpower to have for sure. But I think for you personally, you know, you've come through all of this in the last few years. You, you're talking about how you love this more now than you ever. Is there any, is there someone, you don't have to say a name, oh, but is there scared. a brand or a company that you were just dying to work with and you just didn't? Or like, was there, was there a moment, I think for so many people who get discouraged mm-hmm. that, that, this, that they had some opportunity that passed them by. But then on the flip side, I always say, hey, that I truly believe that wasn't meant yes. to be sometimes. There was a brand um, that is a total heritage brand in the nail space that's European. And they wanted to do some rebranding and kind of freshen up their look. They originated, I think, in the 1950s and 60s, which is my favorite era. And you know I love nail stuff. And uh, we... Well, I love your Monday manicures. Thank you. A team of us wanted to tackle that business to kind of refresh with with really keeping the heritage piece. And because of COVID, funds got cut and we didn't get that opportunity. And that's one that I really, really wanted that I didn't get that I spent a lot of time on. But maybe it's not gone. Maybe it's just postponed. You know, because of COVID, you never know. I am such a believer in things happen when they're supposed to and for a reason and like any blocked doors or roadblocks or however you want to call it that weren't meant for you are not meant for you and I stick with that philosophy I really do because if I was supposed to get that I would have but that is one that I think about sometimes you know it's funny that you talk about if I was supposed to get it I would have is I think about what's changed for me is I'm with you. Like I used to try to force fit things because I felt that one, I didn't want to fail. And two, I, I, part of what makes you successful, remember you said you need to be resilient. You need to not give up. So sometimes you have that personality that wants to see something all the way through that maybe you shouldn't see all the way through. So I think too, like for me, the biggest thing that's come about with COVID is my ability now to kind of go, you know what, I have to just let it be because it isn't meant to be. And I want to support you in what you just recommended to everybody listening because I can I can count on my hands the number of times I forced to hit something and it's actually been worthwhile. Like most of the time, if it doesn't happen naturally, if it's not organically meant to come together, it's not going to stay together I in the long run. I could not agree more. And you put all this time and energy. I feel like with age... The, that is probably the thing that I've learned the most is that if it's meant to be, it'll find its way to you. And the more I force things, I feel anxious. You start second guessing yourself and it's, it's not worth it. Um, it's like a bad relationship. It totally <laughs> is. And to that point, I've learned that just as much as standing up for myself when I see red flags mm-hmm. that... I used to hang in there so long and help and you get sometimes get to a point where you're like you can't help people that don't want yep. to be helped or they don't want your help and when you see those red flags sometimes it's a, a leap of faith is to walk away mm-hmm. um, and one of the things I started doing early on in my consulting is I start with a 90-day contract because 90 days is a good amount of time for people to work together and see if you're a good fit, right? Because if I'm not a good fit for you and you're not a good fit for me, it doesn't make sense to drag Mm -hmm. this out, Mm -hmm. right? Um, That's the whole point is if I can't be helpful, we don't connect, then, you know, by all means, go on to somebody else because it's, I think we used to like think it was a bad thing. Like Mm -hmm. you would think, oh, I'm getting rejected or they don't like me or, well, okay. You know, well, and I think the other part is that. So, I'm going to say this from the other side of the bench, too. Like, when you talk about someone who's, you know, as we look at partners that we take on, whether it's creatively with our brand, whatever it might be, I think sometimes there's a fear of telling someone having that dialogue. Yes. You know, I don't know if this fits working for me. And I've always struggled with that because I got to say, whether it's worked out or not, 
we've always partnered with great people. I mean, they, we wouldn't even gotten to that point of partnering if they weren't amazing people. But, you know, sometimes your business progresses to a place where you outgrow what that person can provide to you, right? And it's no harm, no foul. It's just where you are. But, but having, being able to make that decision because it's relationships and it's painful in a way that's caring for the party that helped you get there, but where you also go, hey, we've just grown and I don't think you can carry us to that next level because you've got to evolve too and you're just not there yet, you know? And that, I think when I look at helping other entrepreneurs, that's the thing I think has helped us grow the most is my learning that there's a difference between Celeste the person and Celeste the CEO. Yep. Because sometimes the reason I am the CEO is I have to make those hard calls because my responsibility is not only to me, it's to our brand and to the thriving of the business, our employees and everyone else. And sometimes that means I need to make a call of what's best for the whole, not just how but don't I you think people appreciate that in the end? Like, it's like a relationship. Maybe it stings and it hurts if you get dumped, but you don't hate the person. Like, right. you didn't drag it out and get, like, <laughs> the drag along thing. That's mm-hmm. so much worse. Mm-hmm. I, I That's why I had to force myself to do that contract because it doesn't come easy for me mm-hmm. to say no or to say it's time to move on. And I part of my spiel always in the beginning is, like, I am not going to stay on forever. Right. So when my work is done, so am I, you yeah. know? And it that allows people, I think, also to not feel that they can't tell me. Right. Or that I can't tell them when that time is up. I think we just have learned to take things so personally. Well, and I think to your point, I'm hoping we're getting really good at when, when and if we have to do that, we do it in the best interest of both parties. And like you said, you're still friends after the piece and you feel good. And I always say you never know because so many of our partners, we've come full circle to work with again, you know, over time. So it's just a timing thing a lot of times. But the one thing I'd share, and then I want to ask you some burning questions a oh, little bit. Oh, no. But, um, but I do think as we, at this time, this intersection of things changing, right? I want to share that too because I do think some of our challenge is I hear a lot from every partner. Well, when things return to normal, (laughs) when we get back to normal, and are you with me? I think this this is it. This is a new normal. Yes. We're not going back to the old normal. That doesn't mean certain elements are going to come back. We're still going to, that's why I said, you know, brick and mortar, hey, hell yeah, we're going to be in those places. We're going to be in restaurants and movie theaters, and we're going to be in group conferences. It's not that, but they'll just be different. Yes. And I think for us to think that we're just going to wait it out and magically it all comes back. I think as a leader, you have to know that your, your organization and your customer, whoever, whatever segment of business that is is forever changed, yes, right? Am absolutely. I alone in that? No, or is I that could, sort of I mean, yes. I could not agree with that more. I struggle with that, um, with people who are unwilling to try things that are actually connecting to people right now because they're like, well, when it comes, you know, when all this is over, I won't need to do this, so it doesn't matter. And it's like, well, when all of this is, quote, over, whatever that even means, <laughs> you know, yeah, you will because mm-hmm. people are shopping different now. Mm-hmm. People are buying different now. People have different expectations. And look, this was happening before COVID. Right. COVID may have kicked it all into a much higher gear, but this was already happening, Mm -hmm. right? People were already seeking connection and they were already looking for alternative brands and people. And, you know, now that they have access to things that they never had access to before, they don't have to just believe what anybody says. They can research it for themselves. Well, and I think, too, the whole idea of the home, you know, I mean, the one thing that's come out of us having to be sequestered away and quarantining is that the home has become the epicenter, right? And we're all anxious to get out of it, but there was a lot of stuff that we would have loved to have had come. I mean, the number of times I thought when I had to go somewhere at the last minute, oh, I would love someone just to come blow dry my hair right now. <laughs> I mean, haven't you ever wanted that where you're just like, please Every help me because I am terrible, as you can see, with the flat iron and a curl. I'm like, please save me, you know? But it's like, shoot, can I get to dry bar? You know, it's stuff like that where I, you know, looking at the fact that now every single service can be delivered to you when you want it, where you want it. 
We're never going back from that. Even though you can go into a physical space, you're going to want both. You're going to want to go into your favorite person, and then you're going to want the, shoot, I could actually make a call to see that in an hour someone could be at my home. Yes. And I could be ready to go. I don't need to make an appointment, right? And that's good in those moments. So I think the cool thing is we have so many options now, and I don't know that we're going to want to give up any of those options just because it was accelerated, as you said, by COVID. I think there's a whole new world. And I don't think you have to. I mean, the shopping part alone, right? So one of the things that happened that was really interesting and beyond the brand that I was kind of testing out was I really felt that if I did these interviews with people, sales would naturally come out of it, but it was never part of the, it was never part of it was a requirement, the yeah. right? And nobody had expectations of me that you had to sell X amount. But I knew that if we told the story and people were connected and they got to ask questions and have this inside access to people's lives, that the sales would happen even more than they did before. And that's exactly what happened. We were getting these crazy so orders because people fell in love with this designer. Mm-hmm. They fell in love with the story that they told them. And then once once they understood the craftsmanship, look, we were talking about clothes that were very expensive and jewelry that was very expensive. That even me, I was like, there's no <laughs> way I would ever spend that yeah. much on XYZ. But then when I learned why XYZ costs that much, I was like, I have to have that. Absolutely. Because I'm going to treasure it. And now mm-hmm. I understand it, right? There's this lack of understanding mm-hmm. And a little bit of a misconception where we were buying $200 creams that, quite frankly, should have been they, they $10. Yeah, they weren't $200 creams. And now you know what a $200 cream should be, right? Exactly. And I think the other side of that that you know is so important, too, is the fact that when you learn that story, what we've learned is it doesn't matter what someone's demographic is. Seriously. Like, we think somehow there's only a certain level of person who's going to purchase something. I really believe the word inclusion now is so realistic because the beauty of all the technology we're talking about is it puts that story in reach of someone who can aspire and can, I mean, I remember like, this is going to sound so terrible, but I remember getting a job and someone that I loved was like, oh, you know, I'm so excited for this amazing because it was like the job I wanted, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't really celebrate. And at that time, I was sort of the struggling young career person. And I'll never forget this person. I open a box and there's a Louis Vuitton black grain bag in there. And she just said, you know, a, a woman who's successful should have a great bag carry oh around. Oh my gosh. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I would never have bought something like that. I would never. But I remember how I felt holding that bag. I remember how I felt walking in cried my eyes out. I remember work walking in mm. and feeling, but it made me feel, and it wasn't the price tag. It wasn't anything. It was that when she used the term, you're successful and this is a great hallmark to show that, you know, and it wasn't about the brand or any of that. It was just feeling good that I accomplished something. And it was a little recognition of yeah. that. Right. And when I look at that, I think that's what a great brand can do for someone. It can make you feel, it's not the logo, it's the fact that we all aspire to somehow evolve to that next level. And when whatever it is signifies that, it inspires us to continue to go to new heights. I think that's what true fashion does for people. I think that's what true amazing skincare does for people and their self-esteem. And what I love about technology today, whether it's a QVC, a clubhouse, it doesn't really matter, is if I can talk to someone who's in a little town in the middle of whatever state, because whatever state I say, they're going to be like, we're not in the middle of nowhere, but in the middle of nowhere. Um, and that person can listen to something and go or watch something and go, oh my gosh, I need that. I want that. I can. And the fact that we can deliver it right into their home makes it accessible and they feel better about who they are, and they therefore become something better because of that. Wow, is that the best thing a brand can do? Well, I did grow up in a small town in the Midwest, and, you know, for me, I remember that feeling. That's why I was always seeking out anything I could get my hands on that felt special. And I'll never forget when they opened Henry Bendel in a mall. Oh, yeah. 
and they had keels. And I was like staring at these toners that had like floating strawberries on it. And this like <laughs> was so magical to me that I'm like, okay, I'm going to do these babysitting jobs and I'm going to buy this $30 toner, which was crazy to spend on a toner at mm-hmm. the time. But every time I put it on and like saw the strawberries moving around <laughs> in the thing, that's that's what it it was. It represented that you can do anything you want to do. You can go anywhere you want to go. But we didn't have that then. Now anybody has that. That is what, when you say what excites me, that excites me, is you don't have to live in a metropolitan city to have access to unbelievable, amazing things. Mm -hmm. And now that people are making them and selling them without all the hype and, you know, inflation, you actually can afford things that you couldn't other. I mean, your line is extremely affordable. There's no reason to have to go spend $500 on a cream that if you look at the ingredients is the same thing that you can find at Rite Aid. Right. That's, I don't think that's okay anymore. And I think a lot of people don't either, but they didn't, but if you don't know any better, you don't know any better. Well, and I think that's where the storytelling and the education comes in. And then I'm good at burning round because I know our producer's like, come on, but, but I think shitty chat. <laughs> I know. I love, but no, I, both of us, I, but that's cause we need to have a series. I know. We, should um, have we like do. We need to just week. start our own show. I'm all over it. Okay. Let's do don't it. Don't tease. Let's do it. Don't threaten me. I'm, with a good time. Let's do it. You I'm know. just telling you. Okay. So the last thing I'll, and then we'll go into okay. that is, um, you know, I just think that what is exciting is not only that you can bring all the education, you can bring all this, you can help people get empowered with the knowledge to make great choices. But, and I'm going to sound, I know I'm going to get some critics for this comment, but I also love that there's pay in four and pay in six and all of these kinds of things now that let somebody who thinks, I want something worthwhile, but at this moment, I can't really put everything I need to do that. But if something puts it in their reach where they can make it happen and they can get it sooner if they need it or want it, I think that's so powerful. And I don't believe in like dangling things where you get people in debt and stuff like that. But I think there's so many tools now, technology tools like that, that give you a way to make everything accessible to you. And therefore you lower the barrier or the the accessibility becomes more broad to everyone. And I love that that... That's what, to me, the big mission of even my brand, Skin Authority, is that, you know, I want to know that every person deserves to have access to an amazing product and an amazing coach. And there's no reason with technology that we can't pipe directly to you, right? And make that experience great. Right, with you guys, too. It's like, you know, not... Not everyone can afford to see an esthetician all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a big expense. It is. But to have somebody for free that can get virtually with you like you guys Mm -hmm. do and walk you through how that looks, like, that's all, that that is, these are all the things that are exciting, I think. And I think it's the future, you know, and we're going to find ways to deliver everything in a more digestible, you know, accessible way. And they're always training wheels because... Once you do that, then you want the full experience you want. So I think it's a, my point is we don't do it at the exclusion of anyone. The high-end designer, you know, H&M and Zara have proven fast fashion make is training wheels for Louis Vuitton, you know, and in the same way we're training wheels for Estes as people learn more about the importance of having a routine at home through Facial Club, then they like, oh, I really want to go to that great person when I can and when I can afford it. Okay, so we do this little thing called burning question round. So we always just kind of throw out some questions to you. Do you answer them fast, like a lightning round? Yes. Oh, boy. So you basically just have to be able to say it. So (laughs) And just whatever comes to your mind first. Oh, no. And it's okay if it has an expletive attached to it. I was going to gonna it. say, <laughs> get the bleep out. Be okay. you, be you. Okay, so we already know about branding storytelling because we already talked about okay. that. So exclude those. But what is your superpower as a person? Like work with, see, hey, I already can't Just whatever answer. comes first. What is your superpower? Thoughtfulness. Oh, I love that. And it's so true. Do you have a mantra or a quote that you live by? 
Yes. What is it? Be hotter. Oh, I love There's that. There's a story to this. But right, so tell me, I'm not allowed tell to me tell what it. the story is. Okay, so my sister and when I. When did you care about rules? If I said no, you well, would do I'm it anyway. To, I'm trying to get better about following some rules. <laughs> All right, well, don't start now. Okay. Go ahead. Should we come back to this if no, we have time? No, go ahead. Be okay. hotter. So be hotter happened when some my sister would come out of the room or somebody and we'd be like, and they'd look amazing and you're like, be hotter, right? Kind of sarcastic. Right. Well, we started saying this on Instagram, and people were like, well, I'm trying. And you're like, wait, wait, I didn't mean it like you need to be hotter. It was kind of this sarcastic thing. Like, could you be any hotter? Yeah. Right. But then it turned into this really fun thing where people started tagging each other when they looked good. Or then they were using it of, like, I'm trying to be hotter, right? Because I'm in COVID, and I'm, like, in my sweatpants, and it's, let's be hotter. So even my girlfriend... See this oh, ring? I love she it. She engraved "Be Hotter" oh, in the so ring, cool. and so we all have this group of when you look good or when you want to look better, you it's just like, tell each other "Be, be hotter. hotter." I love it. So all there's right. that. Well, I love it. You couldn't be any hotter. Be hotter. That's all right. Not true. So, what is your top beauty tip? Be hotter. All right, I love that. <laughs> What's one thing you do daily that energizes you? Drink coffee in the morning. I love that. And is then, that about it? That's probably no. about Were you looking for something more no, spiritual? I'm um, not looking for coffee. Anything. Athleisure or dressing up? Dressing up. Oh, you, me and me, sister. Yes. That's the thing. Dressing Nothing up. like a dress and some amazing heels, right? And this, to the point of going online, when you look at your virtual tile, and we can talk about this another time, of how to present yourself in the right way on air, You've got to see what you look like to other people. People don't want to buy stuff from slops. Right. Okay. So here's what, so our next, the next installment in our series is don't be a slob. I want to help people. Or maybe it's hashtag be slop because it's kind of like be hotter. No. (laughs) I want to help people learn how to create a virtual tile in their space, whether it's Zoom, Instagram, on air, whatever it is that makes you look professional. You don't have to look perfect, but there are rules of engagement that our, our people are missing and it's hurting their business. Well, we're going to bring them back. Okay. I want to know. So, so share with everybody here one word answers. Obviously. And we're going to, no, I love it though. We're going to not only you guys, as you know, now you'll be able to go to bare skin and we'll put a link to Carrie to everything, but Carrie share with everyone listening. How can someone get in touch with you? Oh, what, okay. Via Instagram, how, how do you like people to reach out to? Um, I, Instagram's great. My handle is Carrie Parker Inc., which is K E R I P A R K E R I N C. You can send, you can DM me, send me a message or whatever. People can email me. I don't care. I'm so, you know, I'm very accessible. Yeah. I love it. We've got and to do it. If you're a lazy sloth, don't call me. <laughs> and if you're not willing to create that tile, damn yes, it. Yes, <laughs> don't lose my number. If you can't be hotter, yes. I love it. Well, you truly be hotter. You I be love hotter. you. Look at you. I right love now. this, and I just want to let you know we we will have our second Good, installment. Let's do it. I the tile wait. is in our future. We're going to talk about that thank you guys as always remember i always say be safe be smart and be kind and be hotter and be hotter now (laughs) it's part of our bees i love it thank you so much thank you carrie for joining us Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today and bear it all. Be sure you subscribe so you're notified every time we upload a new episode. You can follow us at Bearskin with Celeste and at Skin Authority on Instagram and my personal Instagram at Celeste Hilling. Also make sure to leave a review. We would love to hear your feedback and your burning questions. See you next time.